Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. When children love learning, they can tackle any challenge life throws at them. Sylvan's insight assessment can help you determine if your child is ready for what's ahead. It can also identify gaps in learning and point out areas that could be of concern for your child so they can tackle what's to come. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Chris and Nick Show here on Big Blue View Radio. I am one of the hosts, Nick Bellotto, joined as always by Chris Flum. And today we're going to break down the New York football Giants edge position. This is an interesting position group, Chris, because the Giants have drafted several players high in the last couple drafts, obviously not last year, but you had Kayvon in the top five back in, what was that, 2022? You had Aziz in the top 50 in 2021. Yet, I look at this position group, and I'm still concerned specifically because Aziz Ojolari dealt with the injuries last season, but I do expect a jump from Kayvon Thibodeau, and I do think that there is a high ceiling for those two starters, and we'll go over that in a little bit, but Chris, how you doing, man? I am doing well. You know, we... Earlier last... Or, sorry, late last week, we got a little bit of the smoke coming down from Canada, but not much, and it's more or less cleared out now, so... Also, just anyone in the tri-state area, upstate New York, still dealing with all the smoke and everything, take care of yourself out there. Take care of yourself, absolutely. But Chris, let's transition the conversation a little bit to the New York football Giants. So I brought this up just a little bit ago. Kayvon Thibodeau and Aziz Ojolari, the two starters for the Giants. If both of these players are healthy, with Kayvon entering his second season, Aziz entering his third what do you think the ceiling is for these two young pass rushers? Yeah, I, I don't want to say that they'll be the best edge duo in the NFL. That's a lot to put on these two young guys who are still growing, still developing, especially Thibodeau. But I do believe, and I have maintained, that they can be a dynamic duo at edge. I, I think they really complement each other well they complement each other's strengths very well, and they can be a problem for opposing offensive tackles, especially with Martindale's scheme. Let's go through what they've done through their career so far. So in 2021, Aziz Ojolari, according to Pro Football Focus, had 42 pressures, 10 sacks. I don't think a lot of those sacks were him just absolutely blowing past people and using this unique flexibility to earn sacks, right? But in 2022... Last season, I felt like Aziz Ojolari, and we'll focus on Kayvon a little bit, but I felt like Aziz Ojolari was even more explosive and more bendy, more flexible than what we saw in his rookie season. But the unfortunate side of that is we didn't get to see all that much of it because he was injured. And despite him being injured, he still finished with, I think it was four and a half or five sacks. According to Pro Football Focus, it's six, but they don't do half sacks, so it gets a little murky with them. And then he also had 20 pressures, but there were parts of the Chicago game. There were parts of the Washington game in week 13 when he finally came back from that injury that was sustained in Chicago, where it was like, wow, this guy is something special and different when he is fully healthy. 
yeah, I think a lot of those early sacks in his rookie year, they those came on plays where he just wasn't accounted for. It. He he was a free rusher in those instances. But last year, I, I agree, he looked a lot more explosive. He lo- looked a lot bendier when he got on the field during the season. Now, maybe that has something to do with the rehab he had from that uh, that kind of weird calf lower leg injury he sustained in the at the very end of the final Jets joint practice, the that kind of joint scrimmage the Giants had with the Jets in preseason when it seemed like everybody was getting hurt and then Aziz went down running wind sprints because it was so hot and they didn't want anybody else to get hurt. You know, I, I wonder if perhaps his the the rehab work he did maybe helped to improve his ankle flexibility and that carried forward into the season, at least as you said, when he was on the field, because yeah, he certainly was showing more burst off the line of scrimmage. He was doing a better job of winning high side, bending a tight corner around offensive tackles. And it was really evident too. I was like, holy crap. Cause I watched a lot of Zizo Jolari 2020. One, just because he was a giant second round pick. I loved him coming out of school. I would have been okay with the Giants selecting Aziz Ojolari in the first round, but they traded back, got Kadarius Tony. It turned out that Aziz Ojolari had some knee issues that resulted in him falling to pick 50 in the second round of that draft. But I felt like there was a pretty substantial difference between year one and year two. We just didn't get to see a lot of year two. But as for Kayvon Thibodeau, this is a top five pick from the 2022 draft. He had 45 pressures, only ended up with those four sacks. One of them, or maybe two of them, were similar to the Aziz Ojolari sacks that you were referring to, where he was just the free rusher. And we know Wink Martindale, he was the defensive coordinator last year, not for Aziz Ojolari in his rookie year, but for Kayvon Thibodeau in his rookie year. We know that he thrives on scheming up free rushers. And Kayvon Thibodeau was able to feast with a couple of those sacks, had the game-changing sack in the second Washington game that led to a victory for the New York football Giants. But only four sacks. I feel like Kayvon Thibodeau could have had so many more if he just finished plays or if he wasn't held too. And I'm not trying to make excuses, but there were plenty of times where I felt like Aziz Ojolari, or I mean, uh, Kayvon Thibodeau was around the edge. His hips were oriented into the pocket and he had a clear path to the quarterback, but the offensive tackle held him. And sometimes it wasn't even flagged. So I think the ceiling is so much higher for Kayvon Thibodeau. And I think we're going to see that materialize in 2023. Yeah, that... The the absolute sack numbers were a little bit disappointing with Thibodeau, but you're right. He was around the quarterback a lot. He got a lot of pressure, and I think one of the things that the sack numbers kind of, or rather the lack of sack numbers, kind of overshadows is his knack for making game-changing plays. You talked about the, the sack fumble recovery touchdown in the Washington game, that was the difference in the game. You know, the Giants might not go to the playoffs if he doesn't make that play. Uh, and there were others. He towards the middle the and end game. of the season. Yes, he. There were plenty of. <clears throat> sorry, there were plenty of instances where he would, all of a sudden, at the end of games in the fourth quarter. When Wink was dialing up that pressure, he would flash. He would get his hand in and knock the ball loose or force the quarterback off of his spot. Now, you're also right that Thibodeau needs to get better at finishing. And that's something 
that's something we've actually kind of talked about behind the scenes over at Big Blue View. And uh, I, one of the things I would really love is for A, ESPN to publish their full pass rush win rate for all qualifying defenders. And also for there to be a publicly available list of total pass rushing snaps. And that way, I think we could probably get a really good handle on A, how close Kayvon is coming out, how many times he is just disrupting on his pass rushing plays, how many times he's getting close, but you know, close, but no cigar. And also how that lines up with a lot of the other edge rushers we have seen you know we have seen guys kind of get off to a slow start and then explode in year two uh jason pierre paul is kind of the poster boy for that he had a very slow rookie year uh he was very raw coming out of uh south florida and then all of a sudden just exploded in 2011 we could see Kayvon have a similar trajectory now there are also highly drafted pass rushers who never quite get that feel for finishing plays uh in that one i would say jadavian Clowney is the is the poster boy where he's got all of the physical upside in the world but for one reason or another just never quite finishes plays still a good player still a sought after player but the box score production is never quite there so it will be interesting to see what happens with Thibodeau and which career path he follows. I'm imagining it's the the better one than the Jadavian Clowney career path. I do see nuance to Kayvon Thibodeau. I think he is such a smart pass rusher as well. And Wink Martindale applauded him for that intelligence when he did come away with the sack against Patrick McCarry in the, in the Ravens game, which ended up securing the New York Giants victory because he held Lamar Jackson back from falling on the fumble. He makes little plays like that. And also he's a, a sound run defender. I don't think he's a complete run defender as of right now, but I think there's a lot of potential there. But I, one, one more thing on Kayvon Thibodeau before we transition. The four sacks that he had, two of them were huge game-changing plays that secured the Giants' victory. We talked about the Patrick McCarry one against the Baltimore Ravens, but the one against Charles Leno that we referenced a little bit earlier against Washington, that was the only touchdown the Giants scored in that football game, the second Washington game. His other two sacks, I believe there was one against Washington in the first matchup, which was a free rusher, and then the one against the Colts at the end of the season, which again, I believe, don't quote me on it, but I believe was a free rusher as well. So half of his sacks were him defeating offensive lineman, but both of those sacks ended up being huge moments for the New York Giants defense. Some of the top moments for the defense overall. I still think there's so much more to Kayvon Thibodeau. He's still only just 22 years old, and I think the sky's the limit for the New York Giants pass rusher. But Chris, we talked about Kayvon Thibodeau, talked about Aziz Ojolari. We know Wink Martindale likes to use a, a deep rotation in terms of using every person, every defensive personnel player in certain packages. And I think Hottie, Jihad Ward, is a perfect type of player for this because Ward was one of the better early down run defenders who came up with a lot of tackles for a loss, a lot of stops at the line of scrimmage, being the strong side defensive presence that was just dominating tight ends. He just doesn't really offer all that much as a pass rusher. Are you happy that the Giants retain Jihad Ward and he is coming back despite the fact that he doesn't really add much value as a pass rusher? Because to me, I think he is 
a very, very quality, a, a quality type of asset in terms of his ability to stop the run. And I think that's imperative to defensive success. I I agree with that. I think Jihad Ward is the type of player you you want to have in your locker room. You want to have a player like him on your defense, both for what he does offer you on the field as well as his presence in the locker room. You know, Wig Martindale said very recently that wherever he is, Jihad Ward has a home. And when his playing days are done, he hopes he goes into coaching. And I think that's about as high a praise as you can get from really any coach, but also Wink Martindale. And I don't think Jihad Ward is the type of guy you want to see on the field every down. You know, I, I think the the Giants need Kayvon Thibodeau and Aziz Ojolari to be on the field, and they need to be healthy, and I think the Giants really do need them to continue to grow as young defenders. I th- The Giants' depth behind them is okay as far as depth goes within the, the structure of this defense, the schematic structure where they play so much dime, so many, so many dollar packages, really, compared to the rest of the NFL. And you know, they really don't rely on their defensive linemen, their edge rushers, to be every down players and really carry the weight of the defense. That said, this defensive line, the edge group, it does look, I would say, significantly different if Kayvon and or Aziz aren't on the field. And that's why I'm so concerned about the Giants' edge position. I'm fine with Kayvon Thibodeau and Aziz Ojolari as your starters, but we know how Wink Martindale calls a defense. And honestly, Chris, I have issues with the depth here, mainly in terms of rushing the passer, just because there's really no proven asset on this roster behind Kayvon Thibodeau and Aziz Ojolari when it comes to generating any sort of pressure. Like that third pass rusher spot is up in the air right now. And we'll go through some of the reserve players on the roster and who might be able to seize that opportunity. But before we do that, Chris, I want to take a quick break to hear a word from our sponsors. Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity, but giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge. That takes a team. Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference. That's why parents have trusted Sylvan Learning for 45 years as the ultimate teammate in their child's educational journey, instilling in them a love for learning and a passion for reaching the next level. And Sylvan's insight assessment can identify gaps in learning and areas that could be of concern for your child. It's a... 360-degree view into your child's learning that you can't find anywhere else and helps ensure that your child didn't miss something in school that might put them at a disadvantage in the future. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. 
need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, Chris, we're talking about the third pass rushing spot. So let's remove Jihad Ward because Jihad Ward, now that the Giants have all this interior defensive line depth, I'm sure he'll still get kicked inside from time to time. But I don't want to include him in terms of the third pass rusher because he's an early downs player. We know his role and he's pretty solid in that role. But in terms of rushing the passer, I guess the first name that comes to mind is O'Shane Zimenez, who the Giants signed after the draft, after not drafting anybody. And then you have Taman Fox, Haba Baldonado, who are both more run defenders, in my opinion. Maybe there's some more pass rushing chops that can be uh, developed. And then Ellerson Smith, who we don't really know what to expect because he has been injured throughout much of his career. So when you look at the third pass rusher, who really intrigues you? Do you think the Giants, I mean, they're not in the best financial spot right now. Do you think they should go out and sign somebody? What's your opinion of the New York Giants and their pass rushing situation behind the top two dogs? Yeah, I think a lot of the Giants' pass rush, as it did last year, is probably going to have to come from either the big two, Kayvon and Aziz, or Wink's blitz packages. Yeah, Jihad Ward, he's probably going to be the third edge, the first guy off the bench, like you said, on, on early downs, and maybe some, depending on the down distance, the package, whatever, on later downs and obvious passing situations. As far as the depth chart itself goes, I think Timon Fox is going to be higher on it than O'Shane Zimenez, at least to start the process, because he finished last year <laughs> higher than O'Shane. And yeah, the Giants really more or less made a point of bringing O'Shane back, but not until they didn't add anyone else. I think if they really want... well. This is coming out harsh, but I think if they really wanted Zimenez back, if he really figured in their future plans, they wouldn't have waited until after the draft to do so. They would have either done it before free agency or during the opening waves of free agency. Ellerson Smith is the guy, is a guy who definitely intrigues me. He has since that senior bowl out of uh, what was he Northern Northern Iowa? You got I believe. It. Yes, yes, sir. Yes, sir. You know, he, he's got length. He's got absolute freak athleticism. He could have been a part of this year's edge class. He's so athletic. But as you said, injuries have always been a problem with him. He has really never been on the field for the Giants. Now, his length, his explosiveness, his burst, if all that is still intact after the injuries that have really derailed his career thus far, yeah. I think he could be the Giants' third pass rusher, but I think is doing a hell of a lot of work there, and also could like the, the there is nothing written with this group behind Kayvon and Aziz and Jihad Ward. I don't know if the Giants can sign a another edge, a veteran edge defender. Uh, I think a lot of that really comes down to the financials, whether or not anything happens with Leonard Williams's contract and 
also the Saquon Barkley situation that's just kind of looming all over everything. I don't know. Maybe, maybe Barkley follows Micah Parsons and transitions over to the defensive side of the ball, but that's not going to happen. There are still <laughs> some good edge defenders out there. Some guys that are not old. They are not washed up, but I think they're kind of really looking for a good situation and a good fit. Yeah, they they might be the type of guy who doesn't sign until there's an, a training camp injury. That that sort of thing. Which those things typically tend to happen, and then there's a spot, and the team with actual cap space can go and sign that player. With the Giants, they don't have the cap space, but they do have the opportunity behind these top two guys. Like O'Shane last year, remember the beginning of the season? He started off the year. We were like, wow, O'Shane Zimenez, because we thought he was going to get cut for Quincy Roche, and then O'Shane Zimenez ended up kind of being a better fit for Wink Martindale, and he was having pressure and getting sacks early in the season. He was the player who sacked Aaron Rodgers to end that game in London. It was a big deal, but then his snaps just started getting dialed back. I believe it was the Dallas game where he was just kind of exposed as a weak run defender, and O'Shane Zimenez isn't the best run defender, neither is Aziz Ojolari, to be frank. And you didn't really see him on the football field as much after that other than the Philadelphia game where all the backups ended up playing. He had two pressures in that game, if I'm not mistaken. So I would like an upgrade over O'Shane Zimenez. I think a lot of people would, but I don't know if the Giants are going to be able to get somebody better than him. And that's not the best situation to find yourselves in. So you're hoping that Timon Fox, Ellison Smith, or Haba Baldonado can develop into a, a sound pass rusher. None of those three players, to me at least, other than Ellerson Smith, who can't stay healthy and only has, what, like 150 snaps to his name? 121. I just pulled it up. Six pressures from 2021. And last year, he only played 14 snaps. He did have that block on special teams. But we just don't know if there is somebody who can seize that opportunity opportunity to earn the the third pass rusher who um is not O'Shane Zimenez if O'Shane Zimenez is plugged into that spot just because Taman Fox and Haba Baldonado to me they're good run defenders again I think there's some development there but you need that development to happen and I'm just not certain that it will yeah that I think that might be the kind of thing the Giants are looking at in training camp once the pads go on looking at that depth and we have seen in the past at multiple positions they have they have expressed confidence i think in their depth players we saw it last year at cornerback this year before john michael schmitz fell to them in the second round at the various guys who could play center yeah i think as long as the giants reserve, young reserve edge defenders i mean oh and i Absolutely put O'Shane Zimenez in that as well, because he's only 26. So he he is definitely not old. Yeah, Top 100 pick, I believe it was 95th overall pick in the 2019 draft. So as long as those guys look, I think, even acceptable as fourth, fifth edge defenders behind the top two and Jihad Ward, the Giants will probably be okay rolling with that depth. But if O'Shane Zimenez isn't getting pressure, if Ellerson Smith doesn't still have the athleticism, or if he gets hurt again, or it just doesn't click for him, if Haba Baldonado and Timon Fox, they don't show the development that we're hoping, Fox in particular, Haba's a rookie. If they don't show enough development or enough upside as pass rushers, 
that's when I think we could see the Giants start to really look at either the trade market or at the free agency market because we do have guys like Yannick Ngakwe, who's been linked to the Giants a few times, uh, Duane Smoot, Carl uh, Nassib is available, uh, William Golston is available, uh, Robert Quinn, even though he is he is quite long in the tooth at this point, he, he is available. So there are guys who might still have some tread on their tire, but they are going to come with a price tag and the Giants might not be willing to pay that or able to pay that even unless they absolutely have to. Pretty sure Yannick Ngakwe too was with the Ravens in 2020. So he is familiar with uh, Wink Martindale's system. I don't know if that ended well. He's kind of bounced around from a lot of places with the Vikings before that. Then he went to the Raiders the next season, the Colts. It's kind of been around the block a little bit since his really good start with the Jacksonville Jags. But Jamon Fox is that one player that I liked him at UNC. I didn't really see too much pass rushing skill from him, but he was a rookie last year, an undrafted rookie. So that's an uphill climb. And I know the Giants are really high on him. So hopefully he can really seize that opportunity because I would love to see it. And I love his physicality and just his overall temperament from what I've seen on the film. Chris, anything else on the edge position before we get out of here? Yeah, just one thing you talk about with, especially Timon Fox's physicality, I think that also translates to Jihad Ward. One thing we did see from the Giants this year is that they went all in all in on the defensive line, <laughs> adding big, physical, stout dudes up front. And I really don't know how concerned Wink Martindale really is about his the ability of his defense to generate pressure with just four guys or just five guys in non-blitz situations. Just, you know, say like a more or less base 3-4 package and got your two outside linebackers rushing as well as the five defensive linemen. That's technically a blitz, but I more or less consider that kind of just a base rush. Just looking at the personnel. Yeah. I, I wonder if the giants aren't planning on using their more physical players to hold blocks and create opportunities for free rushers for schemed pressure, particularly with the, additions the Giants have made in the secondary, trusting even more in aggressive press man coverage to hold up one-on-one and give Wink extra rushers to send after quarterbacks so the defensive line, the edge guys, they don't have to carry the entire weight of the pass rush. That's what we're hoping for, Chris, but anything else now that We've uh, already did this once. (laughs) No, I think that's about it. Good job, buddy. All righty. Thank you, everyone, for tuning in to the Chris and Nick show here on Big Blue View Radio. Please, if you have not done so already, head on over to our website, bigblueview.com. Check out all of our written content. We have mini camp coming up. Chris and I will be breaking that down, all the news coming out from East Rutherford. Thank you, everyone, and have a lovely day.